uh, we're going to take a look at faith that these ancients were commended for. And sometimes the best way to identify something is to know what it is not. You know that when they teach bank tellers how to recognize counterfeit money, uh, they, 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 they take time to show them what counterfeits look like. But they also talk about what the authentic is like. So we're going to do kind of that thing, but we're going to talk about types of faith that are non-saving types of faith. You say, oh, brother, you know, faith is faith. You know, faith faith saves, right? Well, I want you to stay with me for a second here. See, the Bible says it describes different types of faith. There is a faith that leads to trembling. And James records for us in uh, his second chapter of his book, he says, you believe that there is one God, good, even the demons believe and shudder. I ask you this question. Do you think that the demons' faith in God would save them? This is a non-saving type of faith. Would you answer me this? Do you think that their faith is real? Are they right? Okay, so that's one type of non-saving faith that we want to uh, uh, talk about today. The, the second type is the believing and rejecting. The Bible says this in Hebrews. I'm spending a lot of time in Hebrews this morning. It is impossible for those who have once been enlightened. Now, if you were trying to describe somebody who had a salvation experience, could you do more than this? In fact, trying to describe somebody who had been doing something for God, how else would you say it? This is a spirit-filled person here. It says, who have been enlightened, who have tasted of the heavenly gift, who have shared in the Holy Ghost, who have tasted the goodness of the word of God and the powers of the age, uh, the coming age, and who have fallen away to be brought back to repentance. To their loss, they are crucifying the Son of God all over again and subjecting him to public disgrace. One of the songs that we sung this morning uh, had, had, in our worship talked about uh, our sin nailed at him there until it was accomplished, right? Okay, so these people are crucifying him again. But this is believing, but it's rejecting. You know, there is only one salvation message. There is only one way to come to God. Now, I want to tell you a funny story about Jack. Jack was out taking a walk, and as he was walking along, and uh, he was walking to a place that overlooked a, a canyon, kind of like our horseshoe canyon or horse thief canyon, probably not as beautiful as that, but n nice nonetheless. And as he was walking along, he accidentally fell over the side, and he's flailing and going down the side, kind of grasp on, and, and, and you get the picture there, and just as he's about to go over the premises, over the edge, he grabs onto this bush. He grabs a branch, and he's hanging there, and he's, he's just barely hanging on, but he gets himself secure, and he realizes that he, 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 he's, he's in trouble. So he hollers out, help, help, hollers loud, sorry if I hurt anybody's ears, and, uh, but he was desperate, nothing, nothing, nothing. He's hanging there, and just on but one hand, and, and uh uh, he's, what's he going to do? And help, is there anybody there? And then there's this voice came back and said, I see you. He said, where are you? 
In verse six, he said, uh, he said, I see you. He said, uh, who are you? He said, I'm God. He said, where are you? I'm everywhere. And will you help me? Jack wants to know this. And God says, I'll help you. This is good news, right? So God says to him, and, and then Jack says, if you help me, I will stop sinning. I will live for God. I'll read my Bible. I'll love my kids. And, and, and God says, hold, hold, hold off. Let's get you safe, and then, then we can talk. He said, are you ready? He said, yes. He said, listen to every word I say. Okay. He said, let go. Is there anybody else up there? There's believing. There's a faith that is rejecting. And so uh, sometimes we, feed, we meet people like that. There's something about the, the God. For some reason, they, re, they reject God. Another one uh, that we want to talk about. Uh, oh, and just remember uh, the word impossible. Is it up there somewhere? Yes. That, 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 that would be the word of God, right? We're going to meet that word again. Impossible. Okay, so we have a, a, a trembling. We have a faith that's trembling, a believing that's trembling, a believing that's rejecting. We also have a believing uh, that is, is for sinning. Okay, a non-saving faith. All right, again in Hebrews. Okay, I hope everybody can see it uh, there. It says, if we deliberately keep on sinning after we have received the knowledge of the truth, no sacrifice left, but only a fearful expectation of judgment and of raging fire that will consume the enemies of God. So this is not, a person hasn't actually gone into you know the Christian way, but this is a person who hears the word and chooses not to receive it. Sorry, it chooses to keep on sinning. Um, I have met people, and I've talked to them, and, uh, you know, just in the conversation, and they sound like they're Christian uh, or, or whatever, um, but in, in the conversation it comes out that they, they just, they, they live a sinful life. And they have no, no, no ambition or change in mind. They're just living a sinful life. And you can fill in any type of sin there that you want, uh, but uh, it's, you know, kind of well-established and known that these types of things are sin. And uh, they, they really sincerely believe that the God they believe in, the Jesus they believe in, is, is, he, is he real? But is that, that going to save them? See, sometimes we get that confused a little bit. Now, kind of leaving the elementary things, because the first thing you have to do in order to be saved, what's the first thing that you have to come to realize? You know, there's a song, I'm not a sinner, I never sinned. It's actually the other way around. I'm a sinner, I always sin. I have a friend in Jesus. That's the good news, right? And here, uh, the, the believing in sinning, and the Bible just talks about it, because there are those people. Uh, and if, if uh, you know, sometimes you, you, you meet them, it's kind of like, well, that's kind of amazing, uh, because it's kind of contrary to what the whole Bible's about. Anybody still with me on this? Okay, so we're talking about non-saving faith. They have a strong faith. In fact, they could probably, in fact, undoubtedly, they could preach this word better than I could. But they're, they're just, they're choosing to sin. Okay, and then there's the believing and cowardly. 
Now, I want to throw in some good news here, because it's kind of been kind of sad here a little bit, you know, kind of kicking, kicking down a little bit, but I want to kick it up a little bit. Okay, it says, those who are victorious will inherit all this, and will be their, and I will be their God, and they will be my children. You know, when you live the Christian life, when you believe and you have faith, and we're going to get to this faith in a minute, the promise is eternal life. And he says, all this and it's all this inheritance. So that's the good news. But notice the next part there, but. Now, whenever you read but in the Word of God, those of you who have been in the way for a few years, I know when I'm reading the Bible and it says but, I have to, I have to, I have to just take a, a check. Okay, whoa, okay, there's a change coming here. There's something coming here. But, he says, the cowardly. Now, you know, some people would serve God except, oh, you know, somebody might not like me. Somebody might throw stones at me. Now, you, you, you know it's true. In many places, and we live in the, 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 the really the century of the martyr uh, of the Christian church. There are more Christians dying this year, like in this decade. Like it's, it's quite staggering. But, you know, um, they would be described as not the cowardly, but the brave. So it, so the person who is cowardly, who doesn't come to faith, look at the company they keep. The unbelieving, I could actually use this scripture for all the types of non-saving faith. But anyway, you have the unbelieving, the vile, the murderers, the sexual immoral, uh, those who practice the magic arts, idolaters, and all liars will be consigned to the fiery lake. Now, I don't, I don't know. Do you find the scripture sometimes doesn't really come out and say exactly what it means? I find it exactly the opposite, you guys. If you were trying to describe hell, you know what I'm saying, right? Fiery lake of burning sulfur. Did you think that that was just a meme? No, you didn't, of course. You, I, I, like, we've been, I, we never got, to, I kind of wanted to know who's been in the way the longest. Has anybody here been longer than 50 years? I thought so. More than 60 years? I love this. I love this. I'm going to stop it there. I don't want to get punched later. <laughs> By the dear old saints of God. That is wonderful. Oh, man, that is wonderful. I love that. And I wanted to get to that. You know, uh, serving God and, 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 uh, in, in, in him for so many years. Right. So, um, it says, uh, as far as the cowardly, do we invite persecution? I just want to pause here and sidestep here for a second. Do we invite persecution? Do we go out of the way to get people to punch us? No, no. We use the judo technique, right? When the force comes at us, we let the force go by us, right? Now, the Bible doesn't say that. What's the Bible say? We have to be as wise as, uh, but as harmless as doves, right? So I, 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 those who, you know, what I'm talking about, wisdom, right? Be wise. You know, choose your battlegrounds. All right, so that's the types of non-saving faith. Have you ever through of those? Okay. So then there's a historical faith. You know, it's like the facts of history. Jesus and his story. It happened. There is an historical Jesus. There is a hill called Golgotha. 
And he was hung between two thieves. That's the history. That's the story. They, they laid him in a tomb. He didn't stay there, right? You know, I think about the walls of Jericho. Before the walls came down, they were told, those walls are coming down. So they believed that they were coming down. Now, does it take any personal faith to believe that the walls came down after the fact? See, that's a historical faith. The missionary trips that Paul took, the documented. It happened. It's there. So the historical faith is the, 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 the faith, uh, you know, uh, that, uh, we, that is, 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 I'm just going to throw it up here. It's the faith, the gospel, the one and only way. It is the truth. Now, can that faith be increased? Can it be decreased? Can it change? When I was thinking about this message, I was thinking about that, you know, give me that old-time religion. Give me that old-time religion. Give me that old-time religion. Give me that old-time religion, and it's good enough for me. And I was thinking of Paul and Silas and uh, all the ones that, that, you guys know that chorus, right? And I was like, oh, man, what a great song. And it's like, you know, the, the gospel hasn't changed. So this we're talking about, there's the historic faith, the true faith, the one faith. It is the, the truth, is, is the way, and it is the life. The uh, historical faith must transform itself and become my faith. And did I get that to move? Yes. It's the historic faith transitioning to a personal faith is where we come to the saving faith that uh, comes before us. So when talking about the personal faith, and um, the personal faith, uh, are, we know examples. Do you have anybody in your family that you can look at and say, they are an example of faith? Not yet? Okay. S some, some do, some don't. And uh, how about in the church? I couldn't help but think about Pastor Craig. But I mean, I wouldn't have to look, you know, there's lots of examples of faith. And then maybe you've read about somebody. Maybe you've got a hero of faith somewhere that you, you, you've read about. So there's lots of personal examples of faith. Now, the truth is, some have great faith and some have little faith. And so in your family and in the church and in the books you've read, you have examples of people with more or less faith. All right. So, um, Moving on from that, the, uh, the apostle now said to the Lord, now this is in Luke, increase our faith. And he, being Jesus, replied, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and be planted in the sea, and it will obey you. Now, we're talking about the personal faith. This is the faith that can be increased. Remember I said the gospel the faith can't be increased. You can't change the faith. You can't change the gospel. You can't change the truth. And it is not like my truth and your truth and, and you know, Mr. Wannabe truth. There is the truth. But then that truth, when it's transitioning to a saving faith, becomes a personal faith. And that's kind of where we're going today uh, with this. And this is the the, the, the faith in God that can move a mulberry bush. Some of you are used to, to, to the scripture, moving a mountain. 
And this is the variety, amen, that we want to talk about today. And so that brings us to Hebrews chapter 11, where we started. Uh, oh, and uh, we're talking about faith that needs to, that can prove itself. And, and this scripture here, he says, at the, uh, the second part of it, uh, you have faith in, I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds, and I'll show you my faith by my deeds. So not only is faith a personal thing, but faith is something that can be seen by your deeds. All right. And uh, I, I have to ask this question. If you were in a court of law today and you were on, uh, on trial, would there be enough evidence to convict you of being Christian? Somebody say Amen. Yeah, I knew there would be lots of evidence to convict you. And that's what we're talking about here. Faith that convicts, that, that convinces or shows that you are a believer. All right. And so, and then the Hebrew chapter 11 there. So now faith is the confidence in those, in what we hope for and the assurance of what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. And this is what you will be commended for as well. Faith is the evidence of things hoped for. What is that evidence? And then we get a list of the, uh, of the evidence uh, brought for us here. So it says, it talks about the universe. It says, by faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command, so that what is seen was made out of what was invisible. Now, I love this scripture because it shows us two things. At the time, they did not understand, as we understand, matter. For them, there was the concrete, and they were being told that from nothing but from God himself came everything. And how did they handle that? They believed it. See, they didn't have the advantage that you and I have. You know, after Mr. M, uh, after Mr. E equals MC squared, what do we know about matter? Matter relates to energy. And that God spoke everything into being as a scientific type of person that we are today should make total sense. For out of the omnipotence, out of the power of God, he spoke everything into being. So this one's actually easier for us to believe than them. But for them, they believed it. Isn't that kind of cool? I thought, I, I liked it. Okay, then we have, he says, uh, by faith, Abel brought God a better offering than Cain did. By faith, he was commended as righteous. When God spoke well of his offerings, and by faith, Abel still speaks, even though he is dead. You know, as I pass over this, there will be canyons that we could go into and spend much time talking about. This is kind of one of those ones. But I want to just bring one thing up here. He was commended for his offering. For his offering was, it says, his offering by faith. Everything that does not come from faith is sin. Those Bible scholars here know that's in Romans 14.23. Everything that does not come from faith is sin. So I just wanted to caution the mature among us that all our offerings to God that don't come from faith are not commended. 
So I want to talk about one, and I may be stepping on some toes here, but I hope you will still love me. I hope you will love me. No. Anyway, I hope there's some love to go around and some forgiveness. Uh, it says, we offer the sacrifice of praise when we worship him. If we offer the sacrifice of praise, and it is only lip service, if it's only lip service, is it commended? When the worship leader says, sing these words from your heart, sing it and mean it. Now, you know, it's pretty hard, especially Super Bowl Sunday, it's pretty hard to stay on, t on task. I know, I know that, right? You missed the pregame show. God bless you for being here. But the, the, the truth is, uh, and I don't want anybody, if you, if you, if you're, if your mind flits over here and a thought comes by here and you go somewhere else and, you know, whatever, it doesn't mean for the, for the five or 50 minutes that we're worshiping that, you know, you can't have another thought in your head. You know, the, 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 the Lord understands. He made us, right? And, uh, and He understands. And, and, and we're not talking about that kind of, that kind of a focus and attention. But just as we're, as we're worshiping, how important is it to, to mean the words that we're saying, or, or at least even to listen to them, right? And, and, I, and you know, so, some, sometimes it's a new song. Well, what do you do with that? I can't worship, that's new words. I don't know that tune. Well, you know what I do. I, ju I just, what, what do I do? Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I do, I do. I, I never get the words wrong when I hum, right? And, and I don't know the words, and I, I catch a few words, and then uh, my lovely wife, God, has been so good to me. She knows that I have trouble singing the words, even the ones I do know. <laughs> but anyway, getting the getting onto the words, and it's a process, right? And I'm not going to say that you know uh, the first time I heard a new chorus that it you know it, it it really brought me to the throne, so to speak, right? But uh, you hear what I'm saying? I'm speaking to the mature today. I'm, I'm speaking to the mature today. And, and, and encouragement, and a word of encouragement, and, and to make our sacrifices of praise. And I could go on to many other areas, like, you know, we talk about that. But just the, the sacrifice of praise is worship and is commended when it is more than lip service. And we move on to another Hero of faith. By faith, Enoch was taken from this life so that he did not experience death. He could not be found because God had taken him away. For before he was taken, uh, but before he was taken, for before he was taken, sorry, he was commended as one who pleased God. And without faith, it is, what's that word up there? We're going to see that word again. Didn't I tell you that? I think God likes this word. I think this word highlights the glory of God. It is impossible to please God without faith because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. You know, there are some people who claim they don't believe in God. You know, I read the Bible and the Bible tells me that God doesn't believe in those guys, doesn't believe in, in the, in, in the people, uh, that call themselves, uh, agnostic or atheist. They, they say they don't believe in God and God doesn't believe in them. But uh, we've covered that another time. The thought here is commend it. The question is here is, are you a God pleaser? See that? It's impossible to please God 
That sums it up a lot, doesn't it, right? Hey, who are you pleasing? Now, I'm talking to the mature here. You know the sacrifices you've made. Why did you make them? Were you pleasing the flesh? Were you doing it for your own? Were you doing it for the kids? You were given everything to please God. And I want to commend that faith this morning from the word. When your faith is lived out, not to please yourself, but to please God. Wow. And you say, moving on to new stuff, isn't this supposed to be secret stuff? No, no, it's plain stuff. Paul never hid it. Paul never said it was hidden knowledge. This is stuff right in the open. But moving on and living in and having that assurance, when you're pleasing God, he commends that faith, just like Enoch. Okay, so we got to move a little quicker here, but not a lot quicker. By faith, Noah, when warned about things not yet seen, in holy fear built an ark. <laughs> i got to stop there. You know, say uh, Mr. Gowdy uh, down in uh, Rose, Rosedale. You know, he's got that, the plastic plant going on down there. What about, you know, if he, he, if he bought, he maybe already owns it, I don't even know. But, you know, he bought a, a couple pieces of land and built a 500-foot boat in the middle of the prairies. And we know no two sea kings or five sea kings are going to lift it. What's he doing? Well, that's what happened to this guy. Now, I don't, I, I don't, I don't know. He was probably was a Bill Gates or something at the time. I don't, I don't know how rich Noah was, but God gave him a big job. Do you think, you know, God gave him the means to do the big job? You know, he didn't go build an ark, rob a bank, build an ark. No, no. This guy had, had means in what it weighs, but he built an ark. So what does that teach us? God, so, uh, the ark was proof of Noah's faith. Noah proved his faith by his hands. Now, I want you to listen to this. The ark sitting in the parking lot didn't prove God. It was the flood that proved God. Now, those of you who have been in the way for years, like me, you've learned this secret. And everybody else needs to listen up. If you're just new in this, you need to understand this. It's not your job to prove God. Your job is to be faithful. God take care of the rest, right? God take care of the rest. Okay, so uh, we will move quicker here. Abraham, we have a lesson about leaving. And then that's where he left what he knew. And we have a lesson about living. Where did he put his tent up? He lived, right? And then we have a lesson about looking. What was he looking for, right? There's three lessons there. Meditate on these words. I, I found them encouraging. Then uh, in, in, in verse 11, we have about the lineage. You're praying for your kids? You know, you're, 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 the the proof of your faith are your, your children who are serving God. Now listen to this. The proof of your faith are your kids who aren't serving God because you're faithful. Whose job is it after all? Whose kingdom is it after all? Amen? 
Amen. I said we're leaving the elementary things, but we're we're building on them. We're taking, you know, we're not like ignoring, abandoning them. We're we're moving beyond them, Lord willing. All right. So, uh, and then, oh, and one more thing, and I and this out of order here. You'll you'll notice it goes from eleven, twelve, and then it jumps up to seventeen. And so we have all those L words. If you remember them, doesn't matter. And the last one we have about loss. There's a whole bunch of stories here in the whole sacrifice of. Abraham with Isaac and all that kind of stuff. We're talking about Abraham's family. He knew how to deal with loss. This is a message here. Some of you, and maybe some of you who are have been in the way for many years, like myself, don't deal well with loss. Maybe you haven't dealt well with loss. And I, and I speak with a broken heart. Uh, you know, there are, there are there have difficult people passing in our lives, and, and here we have. Uh, so in a manner of speaking, and sometimes we've got to go from the literal to the figurative, he did receive Isaac back from the dead. So I just, I throw it out there as I, I said, we're moving a little quicker here. But I, I found the leaving, loving, uh, living, looking lineage loss story of Abraham incredibly, incredibly encouraging. And uh, of course, like I said, there's, there's, there's messages in, all kinds of stuff everywhere we go here. But it says, all these people were still living by faith when they died. Now, i tell you something. Now that I've been serving God for more than uh, five years, more than ten years, I'm closer to heaven now than I've ever been. <laughs> and when I stand before Jesus, I- I'm going to be praying and believing God. If I get sick, I'm going to be praying and believing God. And when I die, I'm still going to believe in God. And when I stand before God, I'm going to still be believing God. Now, these people are an example to that. They didn't receive the message. Um, and it's up there, and if uh, you please feel and read it with me, but just kind of bringing this home here a little bit, is that they looked forward to the cross. They didn't see what we see. They looked in time forward to the cross. But, you know, that's no different than us. Because we have to look backward over time. We have to look over time to the cross. And the cross that we talk about bridged all history. And it is the one sacrifice that was for Abraham, Sarah, Isaac, and all his children. It is for the people seated here. Your salvation is on the cross for our sin that held him there. They never received the full promises. They were looking for a country, not their own. And it says, and therefore God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. Doesn't the Bible say, I go to prepare a place for you. And that, that, so that where I am, there you may be also. He is ecstatically proud, over the moon excited for his children, for he has prepared a city for them. You know, we may have a hovel on, in this life. We may have a humble abode. We can dream of having a house over a 1,000 square feet. Yes, we can. <laughs> Some of you have a 5,000 square foot house. You know, it doesn't matter. 
Because he got a city prepared for us. A city prepared for us. And what shall I say more of? I don't have time to talk about Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, about David and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, and gained what was promised, who shut the mouths of lions, quenched the fiery darts, and escaped the edge of the sword, whose weakness was turned to strength. I find encouragement there. Whose weakness? And who became powerful in battle and rooted foreign armies. Wow, powerful stuff there. Women received back their dead, raised to life again. There were others who were tortured, refusing to be released so that they might gain an even better resurrection. Some faced jeers and flogging, and even chains and imprisonment. Some faced jeers and flogging, and even chains of imprisonment. They were put to death by stoning. They were sawn in two. They were killed by the sword. They went about in sheepskin and goatskin, destitute, destitute, persecuted, and mistreated. I go to prepare a place for you. Where you're living may be falling down around you. Maybe you feel your body's falling down around you. I go to prepare a place for you. I want to ask you, those that were sawn in two, are they in the hall of fame? Hebrews chapter 11, right there. How about the ones that were death by stoning? Are they heroes of faith? Now, there are some people that talk about faith in a way that's just kind of crazy, and you don't find it in the Bible. This is true faith and faithfulness. They, these people couldn't have had more faith. I think of Stephen and, and, and the stoning. There couldn't have been someone with more faith than him. The world was not worthy of them. They wandered in deserts and mountains, living in caves and in holes in the ground. These were all commended for their faith. Commended. There's that word again, commended. Yet none of them received what had been promised, since God had planned something better for us, so that only together with us they would be made perfect. Of course, talking about made perfect in Jesus. That better thing was Jesus Christ dying on the cross. We thank God for that, our Hall of Fame. And I wanted to give a moment for the saints of God to be fed today by the Holy Spirit. I have given the word, but God dropped it into my heart that it is the Spirit of God that gives the increase. Remember the apostle said, Lord, increase our faith. It says, the apostle. Anybody here an apostle? Don't put your hand up. This is not the time. I'm going to set you up for success here. I'm setting you up for success. Okay. So if you are anything up to and including an apostle, is it okay to say, Lord, increase my faith? Is that okay? 